0: Shout out to our newest patrons, Jess Thronson and Jim Keen. Thank you so much for joining our Patreon community. We love and appreciate you.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Invisible Disco Productions podcast, Writer's Block Party. We are hoping to share the work of emerging artists and break down the all too often mysticized process of creating and developing art. I am Lauren Montez. And I'm Dennis Blatt. And today
0: we have our wonderful guest, Bella Maxwell. Um, She is a New York-based actor, writer, and director that is currently a senior at NYU Tisch, getting her BFA in drama. Through NYU, she studied at the Atlantic Studio in New York, where she played her most recent acting credit of Juliet, and at the Brecht & Stanislavski training program in Berlin. On top of acting, she has worked as a stage manager, production assistant, and director, and has worked with notable theaters in New York, such as Ungar Arts, Theater for the New York City, and The Acting Company. She's currently working as a production assistant for the Zoom series The Building Under Lockdown with acclaimed Broadway actors Robert LaPone, Catherine Grudy, and Lauren Esterman. She's thrilled to be having her writing debut with Invisible Disco Productions' Zoom show, All Work, No Play, (laughs) Take Two. When she's home in California, she enjoys spending time with her family, friends, and all her animals. All her animals being three dogs, three cats, 20 chickens, and two goats.
1: What a lovely family. Hello, Bella.
2: I was gonna say, Bella, do you live on a farm? Uh not even not really. I wish I could call it a farm. It's like just like an acre of land that my parents just like to have a bunch of animals
1: on. They just like loaded up. Yeah,
2: they really did. Yeah. We had pigs. We've had pigs twice. But they're now big. <laughs> uh,
1: you don't even look sad about it. You're like kinda proud. I like, no, I just
2: feel like I eat meat and so I am a hypocrite if I don't like know what it's like to have the emotional attachment with the meat, I feel like. (laughs) So it's a point of like pride. Like I'm not gonna be like, oh, these are my animals. All the vegans
1: on this podcast can fuck themselves. Yeah, Yeah, sorry, don't don't uh, give them my my Instagram handle. Please don't give them my Instagram. We (laughs) (laughs) just lost our entire viewers. Oh no. We only listen to the No, I give them so
2: much love. I scratch their back and everything. (laughs) And then I eat them. (laughs) And
0: then you eat them. Uh, yeah, and our next guest will be one of the goats, and we'll make it.
2: <laughs> goats will never, never be on my plate. They're, my, they're like our dog.
1: Well, okay. I'm just going to leave that there in the air, let it simmer, and let's get to the art, because there's so much to unpack right there. Um, <laughs> you brought in a scene from a longer play called The Woman and the Polar Bear. You want to tell us a little bit about it and then we'll read it out loud?
2: Yeah, so everything that you need to know and this is just like the beginning of this scene. Um pretty much all that's happened so far is that this woman who's an illustrator and like wants to illustrate fairy tales um gets in touch with a writer who she's like obsessed with and it was very prolific like 10 years ago but then like had kind of like her last book failed and she got in touch with her um through like false pretenses she was like i'm a publisher and and it was all fine and so now they have this plan to like make this book together but the woman's kind of just like a little strange and so right now they have this plan to write this book together and they're all excited about it and then right now the illustrator is just making her dinner and someone knocks on her door that's
1: where we're at And that's where we begin. Alright, I will be reading for the part of Alexa, and Bella will be reading for the part of Billy, right? I'm the dude. The dude. Let's hear it. Let's go.
2: (laughs) Hello. Are you Alexa Fields? Yes. May I come inside? I'm sorry, who are you? She hasn't mentioned me.
1: I don't know who you're talking about. Of course she didn't.
2: She'd rather play fairy tales with a fucking stranger. Billy? Billy? I as Billy? Oh, or you're just absent-minded.
1: Billy Thameswell.
2: Crane. we aren't married.
1: I'm sorry, how do you know
2: where I live? Not that you're in any position to question me. I can answer that once you let me inside.
1: Excuse me, I didn't let you in.
2: Well, I don't think either of us are skilled in keeping our nose out of other people's business.
1: I have no idea. Please don't play stupid with me. How the hell do you get off? I clearly don't have
2: time for how-did-you-why-did-you bullshit.
1: If this is about Kaya, then you must be fully aware that she is a full-fledged adult that does not need her overprotective, controlling publishing partner to tell her when to start writing again.
2: Oh, so you're not dense. Well, then I'll get on with it. Leave Kaya alone. You know nothing about her or me for that matter, so keep those pointed, petty alliterations to yourself. Where the fuck do you get the nerve? What? Me? where Do you? Taking advantage of a confused, unstable woman so that you can make it onto the bestsellers list? That's not- I'm not using- Well, I know you led her there under the pretense that you were a publisher and not a little illustrator that wants to piggyback off of her to get famous. I think that about sums it up, correct? Well, guess what? If you want to make it on the bestsellers list and get out of your crappy
1: life, then write a fucking book. All I wanted to do was make a book with her. What is the problem? I'm not asking her to do a suicide pact with me. You just, you don't understand what you just got yourself into. You're right. I didn't expect a man to ransack my apartment with toxicity and then verbally attack me while I make zoodles.
2: Kaya has Asperger syndrome and bipolar disorder. Okay. Do you not care?
1: No, I just don't see what the big deal is.
2: Did you suspect?
1: Well, obviously. I mean, I didn't know exactly what, but I could tell there was something. Why are you telling me this?
2: She hasn't stopped writing since your meeting. She's been waking up in the middle of the night, she won't let go of her polar bear for more than ten minutes. Leroy? Yes, that fucking bear. I don't know what you expect from me. Every few months, I have to combat someone trying to take advantage of her talent, her gift.
1: Oh, so you think I'm preying on her gift? You know what's best for her?
2: I've been the only person that has stuck by her for the past 10 years, through fame and famine. She is 34, but sometimes you really need to think of her as a naive 15-year-old, some days even 12. People can pick up on that. It's not that she is easily trustworthy, but she's loyal if you give her a reason to be. Which you just have. But I'm not so trusty.
1: Okay, you need to step back, sir. I am not playing any game and this macho-I'm-gonna-fuck-you-up-if-you-hurt-my-girl Shtick is gross and played out. It's not like that. I logically understand where you are coming from, but before you even get a grain of support or sympathy, you have to apologize to me first. If you think I want your sympathy, then you misunderstand me. For fuck's sake. Just apologize. Enough of this. This intimidation shit. I don't buy it. You haven't published anything in the last five years neither has Kaya. I doubt that's from a lack of opportunity. If I'm lighting a fire under her ass, then you're welcome. It's about time someone did, but before anything, apologize for how you treated me. I didn't know about her condition. I didn't deserve that. I'm sorry. Thank you.
0: The end for
1: now
2: (laughs) it continues but then it like has a it's a different section this is really
1: good so Bella how'd you get the inspiration for this piece
2: well it's actually my first thought for this play is actually based off of a real life fairy tale that I've loved when I was young Um, but it's not super well known it's called East of the Sun and West of the Moon and it's this whole I won't explain like the whole plot of it but there's a woman and there's a polar bear in it and yeah and that's the polar bear inspiration yeah that's kind of where the polar bear comes from I've always wanted to write stuff about like mental illness and like autism and so I kind of just like wrapped it in with my first initial thought of this fairy tale and I just kind of melded them together how long is this going to be in the end do you think my thought for it right now is like a full-length play probably on the longer side right now a standard play I'd say
0: yeah Very and true. it's gonna be a play yeah okay. it, um, well I didn't know that this was based on a fairy tale mm-hmm. uh, but before I read it before we um, started our podcast when I read it immediately I sensed this like mystery and suspense there was, and yeah. um, so it makes so much sense that it's like it has this like fairy tale element um, and I'm, I love it when adult stuff have magic and stuff like that in it um, so I think you did a really good job capturing the mystery of it
2: Thank you. was that intentional? yeah I mean I definitely wanted to have a lot of things unspoken until they are spoken if that mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. makes a lot of sense um, but I felt the magic of it comes in I think more in my mind of like especially since they're making the book of like how how adults go about writing fairy tales like Mm. what process is that for them to like have to like reimagine like that fantasy world and how much of it how much of that like kind of imaginative sense goes into their daily life um and i think with alexa it's much more she's much more optimistic and she's a not naive, but she doesn't have all the answers, obviously, in this scene. And Billy's just like the practical, like, just knows everything. And he is like not the writer at all, he's the businessman. So I, I think that they just have that like nice contrast between each other.
1: Um, Bella, can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. Can you imagine? You're like, no. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, Maybe no, fuck off one. Um, I know you, if I'm correct, it is your sister, I believe, that, um, has Asperger's. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to say that. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're (laughs) Yeah. So how is it to, like, write? Is that where the inspiration for that came from? And then how is it to, like, write about it? Definitely. um, I mean, it's
2: it's most certainly where the inspiration comes from. Um, It's hard to write about it because I just always have imposter syndrome because my experience with it is so particular, and that's what you'll hear about every person with autism or any, like, disability. Like, everyone has, like... They're very specific um, thing there's no like rule book or guideline of how like m- the stages of it like can progress um, mm-hmm. and I also just have a like I do not have aspers. and so I have a lot of imposter syndrome of trying to write a character who does even if she is based off of someone that I know better than anyone like it, there is that sense of like I still don't know and there's that constant worry of doing it justice and yeah i can never control how people will read this play so i'm really interested once i like kind of have bare bones of it and hearing people read it and getting feedback on like what their takes were of the characters like what that would be like especially for people who have no like um experience with people with autism or anything like that
1: it's also like especially in this time of quarantine and stuff i think people are making such personal art but it's also like i think especially now everyone's really thinking about like who can say what and who should be the one to talk about other things you know
2: yeah i've been thinking about that a lot and it's nice because my sister writes she like writes fantasy stories um and i've read some of hers while in quarantine and i was just like they're so cool but it's interesting you (laughs) definitely see once me and my sister tried to write like a play together and it was like just like a little like kind of fun little thing and I noticed it was so bizarre I would she would write like out a scene and I'd read it and there would just be it was very like to the point kind of not dry but like it got to the situation very quickly Um, and I noticed that there was no like sarcasm in there there was no like There was no kind of in-between emotional states that I realized she naturally has a hard time picking up on just in daily life, so she doesn't write it in. All of her characters are very um, Mm -hmm. innocent. There's nothing, like, no one has a secret. no No one's withholding. Like, everyone's out there on the table, which is very much how she is. So I found that really interesting. So I've been thinking about that a lot in writing Kaya, of, like, how she talks and how... I can just make her kind of have that same tone of just, like, everything on her sleeve.
1: Yeah, yeah. Is your sister older?
2: Yeah, she
0: is. And how long, not to just jump to another
2: topic, but how long of this place do you have right now? I think I have, like, 50 pages right now. They're really cut, like... I'm probably going to go back and cut, like, one of the scenes, you know? Like, I'm thinking a lot about how I want to structure it because I kind of just don't want to do the three- or five-act male orgasm structure of the play at all. Like, I just don't want that <laughs> for my piece. But I also just don't really know. I Like, when I think of a play, that's what I think of. And I'm like, ah, I need to read more plays that aren't like that. But I guess something that
0: will give you inspiration is that you're also playing with this element of the presence of, like, a fairy tale and a fairy tale story. Not that you're telling a fairy tale story, so... um, you can kind of do whatever you want if that can be the justification for it. Mm. What happens in the first two scenes? I'm just so curious about this play. I don't usually. <laughs> I don't like, usually. Just tell me the plot. Just, just tell me everything. Just send me the play.
2: The first scene that I have right now is actually Alexa's best friend sleeping over at her house. And she's a therapist. And she accidentally leaves one of her files at Alexa's um, home. Because she's just staying there because her apartment's like under renovation or whatnot. Um and she leaves one of her files and Alexa sees that the file name is Kaya and she automatically recognizes the name as like the writer and that she's like obsessed with um and hasn't heard anything from. And so she does like kind of the cliche sitcom thing of like stealing the file and like, you know, like calling her up and like saying she's a publisher, you know, the very just like backwards thing. Um and then the second scene is Kaya meeting Alexa. And they, I think, have a funny encounter because Kaya is just so dry and Alexa's trying to, like, emotionally apologize for the, the like, what she did. Fine. And Kaya just, like, does not really care. She's just like, are you going to kill me? No? That... Okay, then. We're fine. Like, as long as you don't kill me. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much the two scenes. They're pretty just um,
1: getting, like, meeting
2: the characters, kind of.
1: It's interesting because I was talking about this in my internship the other day, where, like, um, mental, people with mental illness or other physical disabilities, um, it's one of the, like, sort of last uh, group of people to really get their um, sort of justice movement. That's not the right word, but you know what I mean? And you're seeing we're seeing it ever so slightly in the last like maybe five, ten years in TV and movies, particularly where suddenly there is a little bit more um, representation and also just the idea of like being able to have a comedy with that as like just a part of it and not like having to always be like they're suffering. like no, they're just living their life. It's just a little different. And sometimes the like clashing of the two things can still be respectful, but can be funny. And that's
2: where I think it gets really interesting. It'll always be a conversation of, like, what you said of, like, who has the right, you know, to, like, say what and to write what and to who's profiting off of that, like, representation, Mm. you know? Like, I just think the – and it's hard because things aren't always as transparent as you'd like them to be. But
1: yeah,
2: I'm always, like, is it worth it, like, to, like – just try to push it, like, fast so forward if it's not, like, in the end serving those people.
1: Bella, how did you... What's your writing process? Like, how do you write things?
2: I usually... <laughs> you know that? Okay, side note. You know um, those, like, drinking games, and one of them just, like, has one drink and thinks she's a philosopher? Yes. yes. I always get that card, and that's literally what I just thought of in my head, because <laughs> I... I go about like nor- my normal life, you know. And I just think of something Shocking. that I think She's is She's just
1: like, like us, everyone.
2: You know, I'm just on the street. You know, I I, I wear sweatshirts. I, I, I have <laughs> white sneakers. I'm just a normal girl.
1: Um, but,
2: um, and I'll just have kind of a, like a idea. Something will just kind of interest me. And I think about the very simple form of the idea whether it be like something contrasting another thing and it's like kind of a philosophical like a little bit meta idea and then I try to think about what social dynamics would that be like that would be dramatically interesting so I work very like big big idea and then try to hone it in
1: and then I usually
2: just write like a a non- like a a literate little line in my notes on my phone and then come back to it when I get home and just think it through more.
0: Have you found that you repeat themes um, within Mm -hmm. your writing? Um, Or is it always something different than it just you?
2: I think that there's like specific themes that do interest me a lot that I keep coming back to. Um, I try to shake it up just in my mind so that I feel like I'm not, like, just, like, a one-note kind of thing, and I try to push the boundaries, but I would say there's themes that I generally, like, come back to. Like, all my pieces somehow have to do with, like, mental health or mental illness, or, like, I, I hate to say it, like, very psychological, and I try not to make them, like, super, like, we have a couch and we're gonna talk about our feelings, kind of play. But sure. that I think is a lot of what the mental health world is. So I, I'm I'm struggling currently with like how to not make the play in that like cliche kind of form, but also represent that world the way that I've experienced it.
1: Do you always write plays, or do you ever do you ever deviate the form?
2: I've never. I don't. I would love to write like um a film script or like a tv script i don't really know how to do that though i would love to make like a movie or a tv show just because i think it would be like broader audience you know more
1: Mm
2: -hmm. um but truly i just don't i just need to learn more about like the structure of how those scripts go about each other and like literally get the software and just like just commit to it more
1: Fun fact to everyone listening, there's a free uh, Google add-on. It's called Screenplay Formatter. I'm going to literally write this. And then. it sets your margins and fonts for you. Um, it's like, I mean, if you're trying to be like industry standard, like probably they might like force you to do something, but just to like get the hang of it, super helpful. Google, it's called like Screenplay Formatter, I think
0: sick. Yeah, take notes everybody. Writer's Duet and Celtics are also really good. Um, Celtics
1: is okay. I really just, good. my free trial run Yeah, out your easily. free trial
0: will run out eventually. Writer's Duet will make you want to pay for it every time, but you won't pay for it until the last minute. And then by that time you'll learn the form and you'll just move on. It's yeah. good
1: to learn the form, I thought. Yeah. There's a lot of like those weird like hoops you have to go through. Especially in screenplay where it's just like you have to just get the right format otherwise no one will care which is stupid
0: but also I've learned with like screenplay um not as in the format but like the structure of your own writing they always say like don't write if you can't show it on camera um but then if you read like a Quentin Tarantino screenplay like he just (laughs) writes whatever he wants to write so I think you can break all those rules
1: You don't have to be a pantenter to do that. Just do whatever
0: you want.
2: I feel like Mm. I need to read more screenplays because when I watch TV, I'm just like, if I read the script of this, I'd probably be like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen, or something. (laughs) I'd
1: be like, how? What? So you don't you don't read a lot of screenplays, but so like what what writers do sort of um, influence you in your. And you're either like, which ones do you like, but also like, which ones do you want to be like?
0: I guess writers, but also arts or art
2: forms or
1: arts art, in general. anything. What Where inspires you, know? you? Give us one comprehensive list. Over
2: quarantine, it's been kind of hard to like read anything or like watch anything that's not like just feel good for me. Um, sure. so I'm not really digesting a ton in the moment that I'm like. For sure. Yes, art.
1: Um, What's been your favorite feel good?
2: Feel good right, me and Nora right now are watching Grey's Anatomy and it's been nice.
0: I yeah. Gray's
2: anatomy cannot
0: be a feel good, like it's <laughs> heart wrenching.
2: It's so dramatic though, you know, it's not I I'm very um like soap opera y almost yes. to me, you it know? Is. But it's now. all a the feel TikToks about it are so funny. <laughs> That's the thing, Nora keeps sending me like, like trends that are going off of Grey's Anatomy right now and I'm just like cool. Um That's good. I'm pretty basic I love um, like playwright wise I love Tennessee Williams and Eugene O'Neill I think that when I first read their plays I was like this is like what I always kind of want to write was just like this meat of a play that is very like talky and psychological and like just like really just like gets into people's psyche and has one set and just like is very yeah. like like that um, sad to say. But um, on top of that, I really love Annie Baker just because I think that
1: mm-hmm.
2: there's... Like, Tennessee Williams and Eugene O'Neill, like, it's dated and you can equate it to that. But their language is so poetic. Sometimes that's, like, no shit. It's going to be, like, so emotional and, like, it has that style on it. But I think Annie Baker's so good at making the clo- clo- colloquial and mundane also as poetic and as meaty um so I really like her language like a lot um but yeah those are like playwrights I think of like a lot when I think about like writing but also actively try to stray away from them because I'm like oh, I need to like push myself <laughs> it's it's so it's so mundane <laughs> it really it really is push away my basic beef
0: you did talk a little bit about your process of writing in general about working with these big themes and ideas and contrasts. How was writing this similar or different?
2: It was pretty much the same thing cuz I thought about the bare bones of the fairy tale and just wrote out like step by step what's the plot. And I was like, "Okay, what?" cuz it's it's very like boy takes girl away girl sees him in his like human form Uh, he has to leave her boy leaves you know like and a girl goes on amazing journey to find boy and so I was like what if this happened between two women that are like not romantic and but just like finding a unlikely friend and like a sisterhood kind of through it um so I just tried to take Almost the arc or the transformation, and put it into something else and a different um, a different purpose, I would say. And then just, I also just stole like the pulitzer and just like little fantastical elements and whatnot. In my mind, at the moment, in my mind, they're writing the fairy tale I'm talking about. Like they're about to like write this play mm-hmm. or the, write this fairy tale.
1: I want so, to note that I would listen to you describe fairy tales like that for like hours. Just boy meets, boy girl. meets girl. girl. Boy meets girl. runs girl, a girl girl away. Girl runs away. Like, I, I swear to, to God
2: her. that is the premise for like almost all things. I feel like <laughs> boy meets girl.
0: Boy meets girl. Girl runs away. Girl, girl goes on journey to, to find boy. And well you said that you've written 50 pages. Um, that's a very good amount of stuff to write. How did you get yourself to write it? Like, (laughs) okay, Lauren just laughs all the time. (laughs) But I found with these people that we are talking to in my own experience, I think we all have notes full of ideas and little themes and little dialogues, but it's never one piece, you know? So how did you do it?
2: I just kind of, while I was home in California and bored out of my mind, um, and with my family all the time, it was just kind of like my mid morning thing that I would try to do every once in a while. And I've been, I've been working on this for probably now like three months. Um, so it's just been whenever I have an idea for writing now, like what are, whether it be meta, I try not to, and I used to not do this. I tried to, I used to be like, Oh, think of a whole new project, like scrap the other one. Like I probably have like mm. 15 different unfinished little sh- spurts, you know? Um, yep. But I tried to somehow tie it back to this. I was like, "How can this idea employ this one play? And how can just like all my energy just be in one thing?" Because I would just love, I would love to finish something. Because I've just <laughs> never, I've just truly like, I don't think I've ever finished something, and I'm I just want to finish amazing. something so I feel bad,
1: that. you know. Um, Bella, I know this because I went to NYU Tisch Atlantic with you. But you um, That's are an how actor. I know you, God, I know. <laughs> You're like, oh fuck, it's You're been really a good. minute. Um, <laughs> but um, so was it always acting, and then just writing sort of came out of the side of it, or like was it writing? Like how how do those things connect?
2: It was always acting until I came to NYU. I did. I did not want to be a writer at all did not like did not think i was a good one i could write my essays for class and that was it but then like going to myu and having all those you know like ruben Polendo, like like art talks and whatnot and talking about like the business and how you may have to make your own work and like all this stuff um mm-hmm. i did start to reflect on like the art that i like um But also the, like, art that I felt emotionally attached to. Um, And I didn't feel emotionally attached to a lot of the things that I had necessarily seen that weren't, like, feel-good things. Um, Mm. And I just felt like there was a lot of my life that I have never seen in media or TV or plays or whatnot that I feel like would be really, really interesting for people to, like, see. And so I just kind of got, like, the whole notion of, like, write what you know. I was just, like, great. I feel like I have a lot that I know that I just have never seen on stage or in a screen. And I want to... I hate... There's only, like, a finite amount of things I have seen that are in that realm that I think are good. Mm. I won't name names. But But
1: there's a lot of bad
2: ones. There's a lot of bad... Or they're just, like, so... My worry is that there will be a lot of content that I just think is shallow. And Mm. I would say that's kind of worse because then when talking about this, there has to be a level of didacticism in it for the average bear that, like, does not know about stuff. And so I feel like there's a role in, like, you have to, like, present it in a way where they learn about it correctly or at least, like, deeply didactism can be tricky because you
0: want them to like learn it but then you're not their teacher you know yeah um they should probably learn this a long time ago but here you are and i think there is this recent entitlement of like artists should teach something if you're making art then you should be responsible of like teaching this thing you know um and that's like I shy away from that a lot of the time. Like I think there is a, yeah, obviously you shouldn't like teach bad things. Uh, you should be responsible of your art, but then you're not their teacher and you're not their parents. Like if you want to watch it, then like you're responsible.
2: Yeah, completely. And that's the thing that I keep struggling with. Of like the same, I feel like there's there's modes in my head where I'm just like, oh, I wish I could do this, but I'm like, no, you can't do that. That's like you've seen art like that it's just terrible that's just like gross and like you can't do that um Mm -hmm. but i just wish i could
1: that's incredible you're just like i hate children
2: i don't hate children i just no i
1: know
2: (laughs) all
0: too often mysticized process of making art that's the topic of this conversation not children anymore so
2: along that note let's talk about the art of making a baby (laughs) <laughs> the,
1: Amazing. The, the, I knew the the that you would say art this. that a woman can make. A child. Anyway, um... <laughs> according to... <laughs> according to me. <laughs> anyway, I'm kidding. Anyway. Jesus, this is a weird one. Um, I know. So sorry. No. Um... This is just, like, a very small thing. But <laughs> how do you name your characters?
2: Huh. I... <laughs> it's actually really funny. I... Think of the I think of a word that I want them to like be and I look up names that mean that word.
1: That's such a good theater student thing to do. Thank yeah, that's right.
2: Punching myself on the head. That's the thing, like I'm such a cliche bitch, them. but that's the only way I wanna make it. That's so funny. So what do these names names? Yeah, what do they mean? I actually have a notes doc. I kinda Billy. Yeah, but Alexa's, like, protector. It's, like, a protector of, like, human or something like Alexa? that. Anyway. <laughs> Alexa?
1: Anyway. Oh, Alexa? That's the thing. I was sense.
2: talking about my play with um, in a room where an Alexa was. Now, I heard her, and I, I didn't even think of that. And I was like, fuck, I should change it. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no, no. But um, I honestly couldn't. Oh, wait, I have it right here, I think. Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kaya means pure, and it also means, like, older sister. Mm. Um, well, that's what that B- is. Billy, what does... Uh, Resolute protector. That was his. I want Alexa... <laughs> so there are, and are two protectors. protectors. There No, there's many protectors. No, um, there's Because Billy's, protectors. like, always protecting Kaya, but, like, Alexa's, like, protecting her in a different way. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's why I like mm-hmm. them. I mm-hmm. like the pair. That's why I gave you them they're cute they're
0: cute they are <laughs>
1: really, really yeah, also like. they all
0: seem so like empathetic like i like all of them and all
2: two all the two that we just read but i like Kai as well um because, i kind of yeah. hate billy but that's okay like i'm kind of su- like supposed to that's
0: interesting that you like wrote a character that you hate but like it doesn't strike me as like a hated character
2: But I love him, like I feel for him, but he's just kind of an asshole. And Alexa is too, just not in this scene.
1: How, okay, wait. How do you write a character that you hate slash- Love. Part two of this question would be um, is there, do you think that there's a character in this play that is you or like parts of you in all of them or like that kind of vibe?
2: Definitely parts of me in all of them. um, I would say just in the role of it, I am probably more of an Alexa. I would say Alexa's more of, like, her journey was my journey at, like, 10, you know? Sure. Um, And I'm still on her journey, you know? Like, so that's very high-minded to be like, I went through this when I was 10. No. <laughs> um, there's definitely, like, a little bit of me in all of them, but I feel like there's just... I mean, it's like your family members, you know, like you love them so much and you see all their good, but you also see all of their bad because you know them just so well. And that's how Mm -hmm. I feel about like these characters of like, I am purposely trying to make them shallow where they're shallow and inconsiderate where they're inconsiderate, but also like trying, like actively trying.
0: That's what compels me with these characters, because there's this part where Billy tears up, and me being the person I am, I'm like, a man showing emotions, what? Um, Yeah, so I guess, like, even with this character that you don't like so much, there is a sense of sympathy that translates. So I guess that's what we learned today. Well,
2: that's what I'm, like, excited to, once I have a bare bones and I hear people read, and I'm excited to hear back from them, like, who... Do they love the most? Who do they hate the most? Because there's some people where I'm just like, every scene, it kind of trades off who you may hate the most. Mm. Just depends.
1: How big is the cast going to be for this?
2: It's four people. So it's mm. Alexa, Billy, Kaya, and then Alexa's best friend, Ramona. Okay. You haven't finished it. Uh, did you
0: like think about casting at all at this you don't have to like name names, but I'm just curious.
1: No name names. We're gonna get their agents. Just kidding.
2: Yeah, I want Saoirse Ronan. No, <laughs> um, truly, not really at all. I have like. I can see them in my head, but they're not people I recognize or know. Good. I was just curious as to where you were in the process of.
1: Well, this whole thing, and especially with the role of Kaya. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot, and I I've
2: kind of thought about this more and more. And this is, like, a very small idea. I don't know if I'd really have it. But I would really love one um, actor who has Asperger's to... And then, like, the one actor that's playing Alexa and the one actor that's playing Kaya switch off the roles of Kaya and Alexa. Um, like, uh, and see... And it, I, this is just, like, maybe this would be in a workshop sense. Maybe it wouldn't be in, like, production sense. But just, like, the role of empathizing and learning from the other person of, like, how they construct those characters. But, I don't know. Oh, yeah. We'll see about it.
1: It'd be um, inter- in a play with the subject matter, it'd be interesting, I mean, yeah. to not only have Kaya played by someone with Asperger's, but to have other, some other characters, too, just mm-hmm. to see.
2: To see, you know, like also like what they it'd be interesting just in like the rehearsal room to be like what questions would they have like what research would they need to do what experiences yeah. do they have going into it and also there's the big notion of like kaya is one person and she's loosely based off my sister but she's not all my sister and she's definitely like still a, a character of fiction and so mm-hmm. it'll be really interesting to hear, like, people say, like, I resonate with this a lot or, like, I don't resonate with this at all. This is, like, not my experience whatsoever, um, mm-hmm. especially between gender. Yeah. So that will be really interesting.
0: For sure. In your ideal world, um, will you be directing this? Yes. Yay. Yes. <laughs> I really director, just don't huh?
2: trust anyone to direct it. I would, no, ha- I would be, like, it would be a huge leap of faith to let someone direct
1: it. Yeah. As a director um who are your inspirations?
2: I actually am bad cuz I don't really have that many directorial inspirations. There's plays that like cuz when I read plays, I just think of how I'd want to direct it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a director yeah. right there. I'm not a big um and this is something that I actively am trying to work on. I'm not a big like fam if that makes sense i just don't know people i just truly am not I just like don't
1: support no no i just
2: don't i just the don't i'm not pop cultural savvy i don't really know people's names well so i feel like in questions like this like who are you trying to be like i just don't really even know how to answer because i'm just like no one <laughs> no, no one no one no. Game of Game Thrones. Thrones. Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. I, no, I do. I did. That's what I thought. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but I do need to look up like more directors that I like find appealing. I've only been because I've tried to doing that in quarantine. I've only been thinking of like film stuff because that's all I can kind of like watch right now. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm interested to get back in the scene. But there, it's nice just seeing like, like the Zoom show that I'm on. It's really nice seeing there. Those directors just direct over Zoom and like like see their styles and I just like think about like oh I want to be like that portion of her but not that portion because I want that portion of that person you know I just pick and choose what I like.
0: I think that's like a good thing and maybe it's not such a bad thing to like not be a huge fan of anything because me I fan over everything so I often feel like a lot of my work is Similar or repetitive um, Or just like I want it to like look like a Wes Anderson movie and it's never gonna look like a Wes Anderson movie um, or it shouldn't but Like with yours it will
1: Definitely have a uniqueness to it no matter yeah. what I mean I'm just I just always cast my friends so that directing is me just hanging out with them. So
2: Yeah, I feel like it's, I'm excited because I'm also directing, like, I'm about to direct my friends for the Invisible Disco Productions show, and I've never really done that other than, like, in person for, like, Atlantic stuff, but not really because you're still in it. Yeah. Um, And the only times I've directed are, like, people in different classes, like, I don't know super well, usually. So I'm interested to see how I feel about directing friends. Because every time I think of directors directing anything i think of strangers directing strangers huh. and like i'm truly terrible i'm like bodies on stage i'm like props <laughs> <laughs> you, you, know, guys, you guys wait, are gonna put that. a side note on this one and just be like don't listen to anything bella says
1: <laughs> she is the worst kind of person. Bella Maxwell, not a fan. Just so we, you know, Invisible the the quote, Disco Productions bad, does I'm not, not support
2: anything that Bella Maxwell says in these select <laughs> portions of the podcast. Here are the timestamps of the...
1: <laughs> the timestamps of every time Bella says something, that's just like, what? That's just like,
0: what is she saying? Why did we bring her in? <laughs> um. There would be zero timestamps. I'm sorry. Well, I'll just ask you a selfish question because right now I'm working on... A play that or like a movie which is I guess a little different that has what I want it for it to be like three characters only but then it's I find it to be like so boring sometimes to watch just three people talk and how do you think you'll well how have you been going about alternating between these three characters and keeping it like fresh every scene
2: that's what, that's the hard thing that I'm trying to, like, not make it just, like, jibber-jabber annoyingly. Um, it is hard. I try to just um, think about, like, what is the conflict that I need to show in the dialogue. Um, if there isn't, like, a lot of movement. Because my play is just, like, one set. Like, they're not, they're, they leave, but, like, it's just, like, one space that they're in. Mm-hmm. Um Visually, I have um, a light thing that I am using for, like, passage of time, but also very specific mood that I want the space to feel like, which I'm hoping would, like, inform the dialogue a lot Um, and just, like, the air of the room. So I think that will add an element that makes it just feel, like, a little less blasé. Um, But other than that, I just think a lot about, like, blasé. Um, yeah. I think about like what what this scene is doing for the rest of the play and if it's not doing anything then I think of something else that like could dramatically be and a Yeah,
0: but that's yeah. so hard to have like scenes alternate between the same three characters and have every this scene This is just, like, can you just have, write mine for me? Every scene have its own purpose
2: I find it so hard. Well, it's nice. For me, I'm using definitely the air of they're meeting each other in this play. So they're getting to know each other through this play. And every single scene, they're getting to know a different side of them. Like one of the scenes, Kaya does like really well. She's really on the ball and like really writing really well. And Alexa is the one that's like kind of off and doesn't really know like what she's doing. She's never really written a book before. And Kaya's like the master. Um, And then another time it's Alexa's like really in the groove of it and Kaya just has like a a panic attack kind of like out of just like storyboarding and just getting overwhelmed and like just like things like that, like constantly trying to change what the dynamic in the room is and trying to, because by the end of the play, I would love like almost all facets of their humanity to be somewhat seen by the other person. Even mm-hmm. the gross ones. Even the gross sides. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if that happens, though. It's a lot well, easier well. said than dope, but done, but that's the thing. Like, I just work so meta, big words that just sound so... <laughs> but then I just think of it dramatically. No, yeah.
0: That's so you. And it will work.
1: I know It'll be it. great. Um, big ass words. Big ass words. Um, as we get to the to the ending part of our thing what do you do when you have writer's block because this is writer's block party yeah
2: i was thinking about that when i have writer's block i truly just don't write for like a week
1: <laughs> yes that's amazing Counterattack, don't <laughs> that's write i love everyone else who's always like i try to write anyway i just don't yeah everybody's been
2: like i just push it <laughs> uh, i don't because uh, the second because i again i don't actively I'm just like the biggest bitch. I don't enjoy writing. Like I don't I, I like I'm not a fast typer. I'm not like the thrill of the buttons or anything like that. I, I just, <laughs> the thrill of the buttons. I just want that's I just to like, be
1: your quote. I Who just is like that, Bella? Who do you buttons? know sits at their computer going, Yes buttons like, Ooh, the top. a lot of you. The
2: tip tap tap. Um, I just want the story to be made and like out there so badly. And so, but I think a lot about, like, and I do this for every other facet of my life, When or in acting as well. If I feel like I'm at a stalemate in a scene, I just don't act for, like, a day or two. I live my life as a human being, and usually something along the way will, like, catch my eye. And then (laughs) it just brings me back to the table, you know? It's just like, I'm just like, oh, that's really interesting. I'm immediately, like just like interested in that and it makes me want to come back. But there's been like a month where I didn't touch this thing. Oh, but you always come back. But I always come back. It would be horrible if you just like left it forever. (laughs) I'm personally, and maybe I should be, just like in no rush for this piece. Because it's just one of those things where the second it's done I'm just going to be terrified that I did something wrong. Or like something I'll regret. So I'm in no rush to I want it to be done so bad but i also know that it will be like maybe years before i'm like ha- happy that's with it.
0: okay because two things you are allowed to have time between like when you finish writing until you move into production like you'll read it read it again you'll have other people read it for you and then also what's the rush like not like we're going to theaters yeah or i'm
2: not going to i i've been in my room for a while now yeah, what's it's the not, rush, I'm not, and it's not gonna be like a Zoom show, you know. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not doing that.
0: The theaters will wait for you. Not doing that
2: shit. I'm not doing that. I have been trying to do like other little things that I like could be doing on the side, and uh, you know, but sure. this thing will just be like the the under thing that's going on mm. for a while. Do you write multiple things at the same time? You Huge, sh- yeah. You know, depends. Like that's good. Yeah. But, again, like, that, unfinished, a lot of them unfinished.
0: I heard that's good. I heard that it's, like, beneficial for you to have multiple things so that when you're, like, bored with one, you can just move on to the next and not, like, feel, not feel super like unproductive still. Yeah,
2: that is nice. Okay, now that I know it's good, maybe I'll do that one. <laughs> yeah, <That's, laughs> now you do that.
1: That's, like, um, I'm pretty sure Susan Laurie Parks talks about that. I talked about her on another episode of this. I really need to start actually like listening to her interviews and stuff because I talk about her all the time as if I really recently listened to it. It was years ago.
2: I was actually listening to it and I think this honestly goes back to I was listening to like, a Q&A that she was doing, I think for the public series while I was home. Uh, that's, that's it. And it's someone crazy. was like how do you like? I have a story and I want to go from part A to part B but I don't know how to get there. Like, How do I do that? And she, I think she said "Like, just don't don't feel like you have to get to point... Don't think that you have to have a transition from point A to point B. Like, why do you need that transition? Could your play, like, or your story just be A and then B and, like, a time lapse or whatever? Um, she was like, you're just, like, confining yourself a little bit to this. Yeah, so it was just like,
1: oh. She um, talked about... It's the Red Letter plays, and she talked about how she wanted to write a play that was, like, a version of The Scarlet Letter. So she just, like... She wrote it and it was like horrible. She didn't like it, so then she left on like a canoe or something. Then came back and like deleted like half, like the whole thing, started over or something. And then was like, oh, the problem is this is two plays. So then she just separated them out into two plays and was like, oh, these are both. This is the these are the plays I wanted to write, but I couldn't write one until I'd written the other so that kind of goes to it I butchered that story it's really interesting everyone should look it up I definitely talked about it earlier on this podcast and also butchered it that time
2: and I feel like that helps me a lot of just like living life like as human I feel like especially living in the city you just naturally get so much stimulus that like will like kind of either interest you or like combat something that you think is true and that moment where you're just like stumped is like huh Maybe I need to unpack that a little bit more. I feel like that's kind of what makes me interested. Because I feel like there are a lot of plays that do that where, or, like, pieces of art that just press on what I know to be true. And that's mm. what keeps me coming back f- for more is to, like, be like, oh, I didn't know this or, or I want to know this or I don't believe in this, but I, I want to see, like, why people do and, like, you know.
1: For sure.
0: On that note, do you have anything else you want to add or anything that's coming up that you want to talk about or advertise
1: (laughs) any last things you want to
2: say not really i mean like hope everyone's staying safe and healthy miss you guys both so much of course sweet sweet Uh, bitching
0: like Um, for half an hour um, about like not being a fan and not like like, Um, guys
2: well send me your like top faves and i'll go look them up i just also don't watch that many like movies and i'm bad about knowing who directed what so it's more of just my diligence not being on
1: par. <laughs> Lauren's <laughs> giving me a that. face we of like, yeah, like um, yeah.
0: Great, great. Thank you so much, Bella, for coming. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Invisible Disco Productions and follow Bella
2: at um, Bella Q max is that my i don't even know my instagram handle off but probably that (laughs) it's like bella otherwise someone's gonna get a lot of underscore q max i think bella underscore q max i think so we're gonna find out we're gonna find out
0: but thank you everybody and see you later on the next episode of writer's block party Bye. 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 bye Riders Block Party was created by Invisible Disco Production. It's produced by Amelia Anna, Dennis Spolet, Lauren Montez, and Thea Fonson.
1: And is edited by Noah Friend. If you enjoyed this, check us out at IDP Presents WBP on Twitter and at Invisible Disco Productions on Instagram and Patreon. Thanks, and have a great week!